0: hey everyone and welcome back to the because we went to therapy podcast I'm Emily and I'm Ashley and we are back after taking another week off and Ashley and I were just chatting and we think we're gonna be on an every other week schedule from here until probably further notice but as a lot of you know I'm getting married in the fall and so like you know two weeks ago we were on my bachelorette party and then a couple weeks is my shower and Ashley's been doing some traveling. So it's just been a lot. So we just felt like doing a every other week schedule would be best for – us to not feel too overwhelmed, but also still get out content. So thanks for bearing with us. And hopefully, you know, once all this like wedding stuff is over and maybe things settle down, like in the winter, we can get back to every week. Cause I feel like I, we really enjoyed that. It's just been so hard with summer travels. And I know a lot of people pause their podcast during the summer. Um, and so we want to keep producing content, just do it on an every other week basis.
1: It'd be really difficult to, Produce quality content every every week when you're so busy, and we would rather, you know, make sure that we're researching our topics that we're putting out, in quality guests that we're putting out the best product for you guys instead of just recording and being stressed every week. And I think that'd be a good change for us.
0: Yeah, I think so too. And I like what you said about yeah, we want it to be quality, right? We don't just want to get on here and babble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, thanks for understanding. And actually I believe you have an actually curious question to jumpstart us into our topic. So oh, they going. say
1: it takes 10,000 hours to, to become an expert. Instantly complete 10,000 10, hours of once what would it be? If I
0: if I could do that, what would it be? Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So actually that um, that quote, I guess that say like that fact, I guess. I actually um heard that that's not actually true. I don't know if you ever heard that, but there's because it, it really depends on what the subject is, right? Because I could do $10,000 of therapy and I don't think I'd be an expert because I don't personally believe that you can be an expert in something like mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Or like think even about like like doctors, or right? medical doctors they could be, like, an expert in their field, but when it comes to, like, specific things, I feel like it's so different because, like, think about a brain surgeon. Like, how can you be an expert when all the brains are different? So I really feel like it depends on the the subject or the field. And I know you were just trying to ask a fun question and I totally just <laughs> ran with it. But I feel like, um, as soon as I heard that, I remember one of my professors being like, there's no such thing as an expert therapist. So don't ever try to get there because you're continuously learning. And that's kind of the point of our field. But if we're just doing something fun, um, I feel like, If I could be an expert writer, I feel like that would be really cool. And I also don't really know if that exists, but I love to write. And so I feel like if I could do 10,000 hours of writing and really become like an amazing writer, that's what I would want to do.
1: Really interesting point that you make about on that specific statistic myself, but I just did some quick math on my phone answering. And basically, like, if you did something for 40 hours a week, so a full time job, two weeks a year it would take almost six years to become an expert at something so I definitely got, you know depending on what the subject is you could become proficient in something in less time depending on what it is but like you said with certain things like therapy for more abstract topics I think it's probably definitely a lot more to or to actually reach that expert level but if it's doing it for fun I think mine would probably be cooking just because I really don't enjoy cooking because I don't know this is overwhelming to me and I don't know why like the whole process of buying the food and then preparing it and cutting and chopping and then the actual cooking imitation of it so if I could just track become Bobby Flay that would be fabulous.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Cooking's a good answer I also don't enjoy cooking I enjoy baking but cooking I do not enjoy so I feel like that would be nice if I could know how to cook as well or enjoy cooking.
1: I mm-hmm. mm-hmm. actually like baking too. I wonder what the difference is. I don't know if it's just because when I bake something it's, it's usually like a dessert or something that
0: is yummy. It's fine. Me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Versus like yeah, cooking like your dinner every night, it's just so,
1: I feel like, I don't know, for me, it
0: can just become so like, you have to kind of do it, whereas like, I never have to bake, and so I think that's Mm -hmm. the difference for me, is that I have to cook, because I have to eat, but like, if I want to bake, it's usually like a Sunday, or Saturday thing, where I'm just like, doing it more as self-care, and like, wanting to make a yummy treat, versus having to cook dinner, every single night, like, to me, that truly is one of the worst parts of adulting, is having to cook dinner, every night. like this, kind of bleeds into what we are wanting to talk about in terms of building healthy habits. Um, We Healthy and consistent. I wanted to really emphasize that portion of this and that healthy is such a subjective word and also a word I try not to use too much, but we really just wanna focus on consistent and what is healthy for you because Ashley and I are gonna share what works for us and what we, feel it's quote unquote healthy for us, but that doesn't mean it's gonna work for you. This is just sort of a way for you to get ideas and a way for you to hear about balance because I truly believe that balance is the key to consistency and the key to living a quote unquote healthy life. So we're gonna start by sharing some of our own habits and then we'll get into like some research backed ways to build healthy habits. And we're going to talk a little bit about how to navigate the Sunday scaries and also how to get back on quote unquote, get back on track. Um, every time I say things like that, like, I really want to make sure that we're not emphasizing like any like diet culture, like productivity culture, because you probably know Ashley and I are not for either of those things, but we are for taking care of ourselves and making life feel better for you and for us. And so that's the point that we're coming from. Um, So Ashley, do you want to share, start off by telling us some of the habits you've been able to implement in your
1: life? Yeah, for sure. So I think the biggest one that I was able to basically start from scratch and something that I always wanted to work on was just being able to get into a regular fitness routine. So for me, that was always really difficult. You know, when New Year's Eve rolls around and you have resolutions. Mine was always something regarding fitness or like going to the gym X amount of times a week or whatever it was. And up until probably about two years ago, I literally can never stick with anything for more than a couple weeks. And I, I can delve into the reasons for that. I think there was multiple. But the easiest way that I was able to really get into a fitness routine was just starting off as basic and easy as possible and for me that was just walking every day and getting outside and walking for 30 minutes or setting a goal for myself like i want to walk x number of miles a week or per day and then being able to build up on top of that and then also having an accountability partner was really big for me as well and having somebody like alex go on the walks with me and then when i wasn't motivated i could have somebody there saying like hey we need to do this or we need to go or we need to prioritize this. So I think for me, my biggest advice is to start small and simple. And the thing that always overwhelmed me was just making these goals that I never had any plan of action for. It would always be like this elaborate thing that I wanted to accomplish, but I never broke it down into tangible, pieces. And then I would just never start because it was so overwhelming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely want to touch on what you just talked about. Um, I also want to say fuck new year's resolutions. I get like the idea behind them, but I think they're just, they come from such like a shaming type of mindset rather than like, I want to do this to better myself and my health, whatever health aspect that means. And because most people don't, I, what I is the statistic that like by January 15th, people will, will have lost their new year's resolutions or like not followed through on them. Um, So yes, we should do an episode when it gets closer to January about that, but I feel like the starting small is so helpful in so many areas of trying to build habits because if you think about it, like if you start with a really big goal and then you don't accomplish that goal, you're going to feel like crap, right? Because that's just how our minds work. And then it's not going to motivate you to continue to do them rather than if you one of my biggest tips that I always tell people is like to make your bed right away as soon as you wake up because it's something small that you get to feel accomplished about right away and it sets your day up for success rather than you know rolling out of bed and seeing a messy bed personally for me like that just I don't like the way that that you know makes me feel and so that's something I always recommend because it's a small goal that you get to feel good about immediately like as soon as you wake up. I mean, if you need to like, you know, go to the bathroom or something, or if your partner's still sleeping, I feel like that can be hard. But if you're the last one out of bed or you live alone, I definitely recommend that. And that just is an example of how starting small can help you build your build your confidence and then build your self-esteem, build, you know, make you feel empowered and then help you continue with your goals and building those consistent habits.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think keeping it simple is just key to being able to kind of build on those goals later. And Em, I don't know if you have any advice for this, but something that was always really overwhelming for myself when creating goals was just coming up with goals in the first place. Sometimes I think it can be difficult to actually like say exact figure out exactly what we want because maybe our goal yeah is to go to the gym six times a week but it's like why do we want to do that and let's break down what the motivation behind that is is it just because i want to look better is it because i want to feel better is it because i'm trying to you know meet a certain goal, whatever it may be. So something that really helped me was, um, I would go through and kind of make out like almost a life map for myself. And I would write out some things that I would like to do, you know, not by any certain timeline, but just some things that I wanted to do in my life. So for me, maybe that was, you know, traveling more. It was, being more fit and being able to exercise more so when I traveled, I could be able to do the activities that I wanted to do. Those were the two main things. And then those are really big goals, right? So once I kind of figured out though, you know, why do I want to do those goals? Why are those attractive to me? How does that align with my values? And then being able to break it down into smaller, more tangible goals and be like, okay, I'm going to visit three different states besides the one that I live in this year. And I'm going to try to do 30, you know, I'm going to try to close the rings on my Apple watch every day or five days a week, something like that. And I think for me, that made it a lot more tangible and kind of gave reasoning behind the goals that I had. And made them feel a lot more me because I knew that it really aligned with the life that I want to live. And it wasn't just aesthetics or, you know, kind of some superficial goal. It was something that was really meaningful to me.
0: And you nailed how to set goals for yourself actually because something I do a lot with clients and I actually think it'd be helpful to do a whole episode on identifying a person's values because I do this with my clients on a regular basis because it aligns with the theoretical orientation I use Um, and we also want to do an episode on accepting the commitment therapy so maybe that can be an episode but Basically, if you're doing things because of other people's values, whether that's society at large or a parent or something else, then you're not going to want to continue to do those because they're not coming from what you personally want or what you personally value. So being able to identify your values and then like you said, Ashley, setting goals from there is my number one advice for understanding why you want to do something Well is it value-based or is it because someone else told you to do this or because you want to look a certain way or because you saw clean girl TikTok or whatever it's called um and you're like or the 5am club like any of that like you know kind of toxic culture stuff that we see on social media if you're doing it because of those reasons i'm not saying like you can't try those things right but really understanding your values and the intention behind wanting to do those things like this is research-based If you are living consistently with your values, you have less distress, you have less anxiety because our brains thrive from action, right? Which is why if you're on a consistent um, schedule of self-care, right, whatever that looks like, you're going to feel good, right? You're going to feel motivated to continue to do those things because your brain is seeing, okay, we're taking action and these actions align with our values Versus if you're doing something that goes against your values, your brain is going to have a lot of cognitive dissonance because it's going to be like you're saying one thing or doing one thing, but you believe or you value something else. What's going on here? Uh, And so I know that was kind of a lot, but it's, it's something I literally talk about all day long with my clients is you have to live out your individual values and I'll help you identify what those are but they have to be your values. They can't be my values. They can't be your mom's values. They can't be anyone else's values. They have to be your values.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And thanks for providing the psychology behind that. I feel like it really provides like another angle to why it really is so important that it's, it needs, your goals need to be something that you want to do. Like I remember in college, I'd always be like, okay, I wanna make like these certain grades every year or every semester, but I, not to say that that didn't align with my values, but I just wasn't succinctly showing how, like, what value could I tie that to in my own personality? I never was able to technically say like what that was. And maybe the value for me was that I valued my schoolwork and valued, you know, learning and putting my best foot forward but i was never able to connect that to that's why i wanted to study hard and get good grades i was just like okay i just want to get good grades because that's what you're you know supposed to supposed do to do right right exactly and i remember even in some classes we would have professors say like i can't remember what class this was exactly it might have been like a financial planning class but He wanted us to write out goals we had for ourselves and then be able to write out like a comprehensive plan of how we were going to complete those goals. And I just found it so overwhelming at first, because before I really started going to therapy, I wasn't able to connect, you know, what my values were to what I wanted those goals to be. So my goals were always superficial, like. I want to lose 15 pounds or I want to get straight A's, but I couldn't provide any real backing to why those were important to me besides aesthetics and being able to say I got a 4.0 or whatever it may be. So that was definitely a lot of external validation. And then that just led to me failing those goals because they weren't actually important to me.
0: Right. Exactly. They weren't actually important to you. And that's why people don't follow through with a lot of their New Year's resolutions because they pick things that they think they should be doing and not stuff that they want to do based on their values. Like when I shifted my relationship with exercise to be something that helps my physical and mental health, which are two things that I do highly value, I was so much more able to be consistent and actually enjoy movement because I knew I was doing this for me. Like I get out of bed every morning that I go to the gym at 6am, not because I feel like I have to, but because I love working out in the mornings. Like I know everyone is different, but this is just what works for me is that like, so my bachelorette party was two weeks ago and then I got sick So I was sick all last week. And so I didn't go to the gym. I really didn't take care of myself at all. I was um, eating foods just to eat foods because I really didn't have an appetite, but they weren't really like nutritionally helpful when you're sick. Right. And so I was just really, I was slacking on keeping up with my notes for work. Like I was just really not vibing. And then Sunday I got that. I went away this weekend too. And so Sunday I got back and I was like, I do not feel good physically or mentally. So I need to get back to my routine. And so I set my alarm and I was able to get up because I knew that that was something that I was doing for me to feel better. And then yesterday I had such a productive day. I went grocery shopping. I did laundry, like things I actually have not done in two weeks because I was on my bachelorette party. And then I was sick. And then I traveled again, which is totally okay. Like I'm not changing myself at all. Like what well, human it's going to happen, but I just didn't feel good mentally or physically until I was able to get back, uh, on my, the routine that works for me. And then yesterday I just like felt so much better because that was, that's what, those are the things that work for me. And those are things that help me feel mentally and physically well. But again, It has to be what is important to you. Like, it's important to me to have groceries because then it makes my week go easier, right? It's important for me to work out in the mornings because then I feel like I'm starting my day off on a good note. It's important for me to do laundry because even though it's my least favorite activity, it... um, I need clean clothes and I hate seeing my laundry. Like it was overflowing, like falling off the things. So like I really needed to do it and I felt so much better. So it's like, it's okay if you fall off the doing the things that work for you, but just not coming from like a shaming standpoint of, ugh, oh, I'm such a piece of shit. I need to get back to my routine, but rather I really want to do this because this feels good for me has been really helpful. And just overall, like helping my routine, and building consistent habits, but then also getting back after not being in my routine, whether it's sickness or traveling or just other things that come up because we're human.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and that's something that I think was really important to point out is that having those routines and having those healthy habits, you know, it's not always something that you necessarily like to do. Like you don't necessarily love to do laundry or to, you know, fold the laundry after it's done. I also don't like that. And kind of like we talked about earlier cooking, not something Mm -hmm. we like necessarily enjoy the act of doing, but we enjoy the result. We enjoy having a clean house. We enjoy having food. We enjoy, you know, having a healthy meal. So also thinking about the end result and thinking of ways that you can make the task more manageable. Because like Emily was saying, it can get really overwhelming when you might be off your routine for a little bit. And like we said, like, that's totally fine, especially in these really busy seasons of life. That's just kind of how it is at times. Mm -hmm. But going back to the root of like, why am I doing this? Oh, I'm doing this because when I don't, I get really overwhelmed or my house gets crazy and then it gets out of hand. Okay, that's why I made that habit of doing laundry on Tuesdays and Saturdays something like that so Mm -hmm. having productive habits and goals don't always necessarily have to be something that you love but maybe something that is just productive to your mental health as well so you can have fun goals and then you can also have you know work on building those healthy habits that are practical to your everyday life
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I feel like that's something I try to talk to my clients about all the time is that adulting can suck. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, cooking and laundry and all those like adulting things we have to do can suck. But if you are coming from this standpoint of okay, I don't have to love these things to do them. However, I personally feel better mentally and physically when I do these things. Like, actually, I feel like we're recording this episode. It's like such a good time because I was, a, I was physically ill. And you know, when you're physically ill, like you just feel like crappy overall. But I also had a lot of anxiety because I knew that like, one, I don't think I was, I wasn't on top of like keeping up with my notes. Like I was still present in my sessions and doing the best I could, but I wasn't keeping up on my notes, which means they piled up and I had to do like 25 at the end of my week. Um, And then I just had so much anxiety all week. One had, I think I had a little bit of anxiety after the batch, (laughs) but uh, I also just had a a lot of anxiety because I knew that I, I mean, I wasn't cooking I wasn't keeping up with my laundry. I wasn't keeping up with things I usually do on a regular basis. And I, I wasn't beating myself up, but I think I was just feeling anxious because it was what we were talking about before. Is like When we value something and then we're consistent in something, we have less anxiety. We have less cognitive dissonance, less distress versus when we value something, but we're not doing it. We are going to experience a lot of that anxiety. And then I remember texting my friend yesterday being like, Today's the first day since the bachelorette, like the first work day, because I felt okay on the weekend because I visited my family and like had fun in LA. But it was the first work day that I felt good about my routine. And that was really helpful because that helps me, especially like on a Monday, like it's okay if like it doesn't happen on a Monday. That's just how I chose to do it. But I felt so much better yesterday and that helps me go into the week with a better mindset. But again, I wasn't beating myself for falling out of my routine. Like I knew I needed to rest and like recover from being sick and from my bachelorette and not a butt, but, and I also wanted to get back into what makes me feel good on a regular basis.
1: Right. And I think that's also a great point that you make is that just because you might fall off a habit for a little bit, you can absolutely get, back into that routine whenever you want to. And that's something that I always really struggled with, especially when I was making, you know, those classic New Year's resolutions. I'll use the gym, for example. I would go to the gym for, say, like eight weeks, and then I would get sick and not be able to go for a couple days. And then I would be like, oh, you know, my progress is stalled. I got to start from the beginning, whatever. Like, I'm just not going to go anymore. And I would just completely stop Mm -hmm. going. And I'm like Mm -hmm. that with so many different goals that I've had. So I think it's really important to remember that, you know, you've created that habit before and that's why you're creating those foundational ideas with the habit and structures to be able to go back to them anytime that you want to. And just because you took a break, whether it's because you're traveling or because you were sick, or whatever it may be, like, that's okay. You can still get back into that habit. You don't have to start from scratch or from day one all over again. Like that progress is still there.
0: Mm-hmm. That's such an important note to make. And I feel like we shame ourselves. Like, oh, I lost all my progress on, you know, the gym. Oh, I lost all my progress. I'm like trying to save money, right? I feel like that's something else that a lot of people set goals for. Um, but like yesterday I went to the gym and I, I've said this before, but I go to Orange Theory, and so, like, they'll tell you what to do on, like, the treadmill or the weight floor, and yesterday, we had to do incline on the treadmill, which absolutely, like, destroys me, so I chose to not do incline. I chose to run on the flat, um, right, because I knew it was my first day back in a week and a half, and I didn't want to push myself too hard and then have the rest of the week be, like, super sore and not be able to go, and my fiancé made a comment. He's like, yeah, it's definitely a smart move because... Like going super hard at the gym the first day back after some time off can um, like it can cause you not to like want to go back the next day or like be really sore and then have less workouts. So I feel like that's something that we've been noting like you don't have if you do whether you're just starting out of habit or you're trying to get back on um, the habit train start slow like you don't have to go from. You know not doing anything to doing things a hundred percent right away like like we were saying before if you start slow and this is research backed if you start slow you can build your confidence you can feel empowered and it's going to help you continue to build on those goals but you don't want to start super fast you want to be able to start slow and move up and that like i said whether you're just starting out or getting back on track that's going to be super helpful um and it kind of bleeds into something. Um, actually, I don't know if you had anything else around that, but it kind of bleeds into the Sunday scaries, which I feel like can bleed into a bigger topic. Of, I used to get Sunday scaries hard. Like I used to be like, oh my gosh! Like I really do love my job, but just the idea of having two days to myself and then having to go back, like I was like, ugh, you know. And so, what I found to be really helpful for that I really, the only time I really feel like I get the Sunday scaries anymore is when I travel because it just really throws me off my routine or honestly, when I drink. um, And actually, I don't know if that's something you can comment on is like, you know, being pretty much sober. Um, But for me, like drinking or traveling, I get the Sunday scaries. Um, But if I'm just at home, I really don't tend to get them anymore because I found a really good balance between getting things checked off my to-do list for the week or for that day, like going grocery shopping, cleaning, whatever I need to do, and then spending the rest of the day relaxing. That balance has really helped me not feel like I'm dreading Monday anymore because I'm not feeling like I have to do a million things that day. Like I check a couple things off and then whatever I have the energy for, that's good enough or whatever's going to help me feel best for that Monday. And then I relax. I watch Netflix, I read, I do anything else I want to do. I go to the pool, I see friends, whatever else I feel like I need to do that Sunday. It really helps me balance, feel, find that balance and not dread the day, the next, I mean, the week or the day.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think, like you mentioned, me as somebody who's pretty much completely sober from alcohol, just because I, you know, we'll have to do a whole episode about that just because I don't really mm-hmm. enjoy drinking Like i used to but i noticed that basically the sunday scaries really started to go away once i stopped drinking because i realized Mm -hmm. that it was counterproductive to the rest of the other five days of my week because i'm like okay if i have you know friday and saturday say i don't even drink on sunday just friday and saturday Where I go out and I drink and then as a result, I don't really do much the next day because I know I'm going to be hungover or I know I'm not going to feel like myself or I'm going to be tired or whatever it is. So I'm not allowing myself to set myself up for success for the rest of the week because I want to relax on the weekends. And as a result, since I have more free time on the weekends, I can build in, okay, I'm going to do 30 minutes of cleaning so I don't have to do it during the week or I'm gonna do laundry because I happen to be home and I don't have to worry about it during the week then. And then it just took more stress off my plate, which was um, something that was really, really important for me. I think weekends can be really, I don't wanna say misused because I think people can obviously like do whatever you want on the weekends. Like if you wanna go out and let loose, that's totally up to you. But if you're finding yourself struggling with meeting your goals or creating those healthy habits, I would definitely recommend allotting, you know, even just like a morning or an afternoon or an evening or just, you know, a couple hours of your weekend on whatever day it is to helping set yourself up for the next week. And I mm-hmm. think you might see a difference on how it's going to make you feel better and more prepared and then once sunday night rolls around you're not going to be like oh god you know i don't i'm not prepared or i'm starting off with no food in the fridge i gotta go you know to the grocery store and start from scratch and go to the gym and start from scratch because i didn't go this week or whatever it may be so i think something that's really underrated is building those routines into your weekend as well
0: Mm mm-hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that you can offer like a non drinking perspective for because for me as someone who does drink my ideal weekend is seeing friends or going out with my fiance like once maybe eat like a week, you know, it's Friday, Saturday. I guess Sunday, but I don't drink on Sundays anymore because I can't just, I can't do that with my work, um, the job that I have, or just my mental health can't take that. I used to do that in my gap year and, uh, oh my gosh, that's for another time, but there was too much, but my ideal is going out on like Friday or Saturday night with my friends or with my fiance. And then the other night, the other days are spent relaxing or recharging. And that's what I'm getting at. And I feel like Ash, even with you not drinking, you are getting at that, that balance is so key. Like, I know it sounds very, um, like preachy to say that, but I, I really do feel like we have to balance our goals with also recharging and resting. Cause those are two things that are so like, I hate hustle culture. I hate productivity culture. Cause this idea that you have to be grinding 24 seven is just so unhealthy. And I, we did another episode around toxic positivity and touched along like productivity culture so if you haven't listened definitely check it out but I don't know if we touched too much on like the balance of like you Ashley you said like spending 30 minutes doing some cleaning you don't have to spend your entire day doing that but you're getting something done like that is going to help you with the going into the week and like for me like after I one of the reasons I have to work out in the morning is because after work like cooking is biggest tour cooking and cleaning the kitchen. Like that's all I have the energy for after work. And then I plop on the couch and read a book or watch Netflix. Like I don't, or most, most of the time I watch Netflix so I'm being honest. So it's like, and I don't feel bad about that at all because I worked all day. And I mean, even if I didn't work all day, we all deserve to rest and recharge no matter what you did with your day and then cook dinner. But that's all I have the energy for at night. And I have zero shame because I I love that balance. I love unwinding on the couch with my tea and with my fiance and just watching our shows together. And I feel like finding that balance has been helpful for like my clients too, of you do not need to be grinding 24 seven, please don't, because that's going to create a lot of stress on your body and stress is not good for your body or your mind.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like knowing that you can build in those habits of, okay, I'm going to clean for X amount of time on the weekend, or I'm going to build in this relaxing time during the weekend as well, allows you to enjoy the times where you're out with friends, or maybe when you're out drinking or whatever, you can fully enjoy it, knowing Mm -hmm. that, okay, I'm not going to, you know, do this every single day, and I still am going to get the things that I need to get done done. And then you can fully embrace the time that you have while you're out. And it just makes it so much more enjoyable, I think. And I think that probably leads it to like how you don't drink on Sundays anymore, because you know that that wasn't productive to you. Like you need that time to rest and recharge. And then you probably enjoy like the Friday and Saturday a little bit more because you know that Sunday you can just hang out.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, you nailed it. And it took me like over a year to to realize that it took me starting grad school to be like Emily you can't maintain this lifestyle anymore um I had so much fun but it's just yeah it wasn't the lifestyle I could maintain and I feel like that's another point is that like you might try some things and they might not work out for you but that's okay like it's sort of like when we had our episode about therapy like don't give up if like the first session doesn't go well the first couple sessions don't give up on therapy or even that therapist it's the same thing with like trying out to trying to build in these consistent habits like trial and error is a necessary part of life like if let's just say like ashley like for you like if you were like oh like cleaning for 30 minutes like i don't think i got enough done i might need to bump it up to 45 or if you were like no 45 is just way too much that's all i can do you might have to like play around a little bit with what works like i know when me and my fiance first moved in together we did not like have consistently with our cooking and we touched on this in the beginning of the episode but it was like we would you know be like oh what do we want to make tonight and then we wouldn't have the things and we have to go to the store after work so like planning out our menu and going to the store on sunday has been really helpful for us but it took us some time to find that so it's like completely fine if you try some things and you're like that doesn't work for me. Or like if you try working out in the morning and you're like, heck no, I need to sleep in. So you try at night and that works for you. Amazing. But you really have to try things out in order to find out what works for you based on your values, like we were saying before.
1: Absolutely. And I think something that I was reminded of, especially when you're talking about Orange Theory, is that's something that I used to do, not Orange Theory specifically, but I would attend a lot of different workout classes when i first started attending my gym and one suggestion i have is to just make those goals as accessible and as easy as possible not to say the workout at all is going to be easy but it's easier knowing that you don't have to come up with it yourself like you can sign up you have that accountability because maybe you paid for the class or even if you didn't your name is now on a list the instructor knows you're coming and they came up with whatever the workout routine was. So you don't have to worry about finding a program or figuring out what you want to do. It's just easy. You can show up, do it an hour later, you can leave. And Mm -hmm. that's probably one of my biggest suggestions is just make things as easy and as accessible to you as possible because it's gonna make the goal seem a lot more attainable. Because when, Mm take that aspect of, you know, the workload off your plate. It's like, yeah, what, why can't I just show up to this workout class? Because I'm just doing exactly whatever somebody's telling me to do.
0: Totally. Yeah, no, absolutely. Attainable is absolutely necessary part of, um, when you're setting goals for yourself. And I, our good friends um, have a podcast called Conversations Brewing, and they had a whole episode on self-care doesn't have to be expensive um, and I, or like crazy, or like, you know, hours and hours. And I feel like that's what, so definitely check that out, but I feel like that's what Ashley and I are getting at. Like, this is self-care. Like when you are consistent in your habits, you're taking care of yourself and you're probably gonna feel so much better overall. Um, whether you're perfect in those goals or not doesn't matter because there's no such thing as perfectionism or being perfect in things, but you're going to feel good if you're being consistent. And that's what we're getting at, right? Like ways to help take care of ourselves and improve our mental and physical health um, and find that balance within life. I feel like is for what we're getting at here because you're like, sure, maybe Orange Theory is expensive, Um, and maybe that's not something you could do. So maybe going on YouTube and finding root workout, there's a million, right? Like you can figure out things that work for you. Just make sure, like we were saying that they're attainable and accessible, because if they're not, then that's not like, if you're stressed about paying for a gym membership, if that's going to cause more stress, then maybe that's, it's not something you can do. So can you go on YouTube Or, you know, Peloton has like, it's like $14 a month and they have a ton of different workouts. Like, what are different things that you can do if you can't afford monthly facials, but that's something you really want to do, then maybe doing that yearly and then doing, you know, facials at home, right? Like there's things that you can do that don't have to be expensive or don't have to be like, I don't have time for that. Like you can do a five minute guided meditation with the Calm app, right? Like it's super important to make your self-care, make your routines accessible, attainable, and realistic.
1: Right, absolutely. And like Emily said, there's so many free resources. Like I'm on YouTube all day, every day, looking stuff up. Like even when I need advice on like how to clean something specific that maybe I don't clean all the time, like I look it up on YouTube. Sometimes I'll even watch YouTube videos of people cleaning their entire house, like for motivation, for free motivation or TikToks or whatever it may be. And another thing that I just thought of, Em, and I'll be interested to see if you have any advice on this, because this isn't something that I can remember specifically integrating, but it's something that I always, always hear when it comes to like the scientific backing of how to create habits, but is habit stacking. And for example, that would be putting two new habits together. So it just makes it a little bit easier when you do them. For example, say like Emily said, she makes her bed every morning. That's a healthy habit that she has. Well, maybe when you wake up and then you go put on a cup of coffee while that's brewing, you go, and make your bed. That combines the two habits of making a cup of coffee in the morning and then making your bed. You know, this one automatically, you know, suggests doing the other one. So have you had any success with that?
0: You know, I had never heard that term, honestly, until you just presented it. Um, And at my first thought was like, oh no, multitasking is not good for the human brain. But then when you explained it, like, if you're, you know, waiting for your coffee to brew, to make your bed, that's, that's, I think that's really helpful, right? Like, if you're like, well, making my coffee is already something I do every day, because coffee is life, uh, then why don't I make my bed during that? Or like something that I know some people struggle with is like taking their vitamins, right? Like I take my vitamins, as soon as I get back from the gym, actually when my coffee is brewing. And so that's something that's helped me. So I guess I do do that without even realizing it. But uh, I feel like just like with habit stack and you just want to make sure you're not doing too much at once like if it, it's like something you're doing like while you're waiting for something else or like you know if you're like you know simple. yeah yeah if you want to make it simple I feel like that's really helpful um but yeah that's a good way to like I don't know like doing laundry like going on like a I like to listen to like podcasts that like um like a Brene Brown or like a, because we went to therapy podcast, you know, like something that's more like um, helpful. Um, I like to do that while doing laundry or like, you know, cleaning or something because I feel like I'm taking in like good information while also doing something on my list. I don't know if that would be considered habit stacking, but...
1: Yeah, no, I think it is because it's putting something enjoyable with maybe something that you don't enjoy, like listening to podcasts while you're cleaning or doing laundry. Yeah, you don't love the act of cleaning and laundry, but you know, it's a healthy habit that you want to integrate into your life and you're doing something enjoyable at the same time, or you're making your coffee, which is going, you know, is going to be so yummy and you're making your bed at the same time and just getting it done. So I think just Mm -hmm. adding kind of those you know, feel good buffers, you know, don't feel any shame about, like, trying to make your habits, you know, feel better with, you know, a fun activity with them, whether it's listening to podcasts, watching a YouTube video, or whatever, or, you know, calling a friend, you know, maybe you can say, like, every time I clean my house when i'm home alone i'm gonna call a friend for 30 minutes or call a family member whatever and then be able to Mm -hmm. connect with them that way and that can give you something to look forward to instead of oh god i'm gonna have to clean for an hour like this sounds miserable you can have something to look forward to a little bit as well
0: Mm -hmm. no i love that because that hits another one of like your wellness wheel which i can throw this up on the instagram i love the wellness wheel because it like pinpoints all the parts of life that sometimes we neglect because of other like a work or like a financial thing sometimes we neglect those because we're you know grinding so hard and so we might neglect like you know our connection like our social um, part of the pie and so I love the idea of like catching up with somebody while maybe going for a walk or while cleaning or um, you know doing something that's kind of not multitasking because it's not like you're like trying to like respond to an email while also talking to a friend. It's like, you know, it's pretty mindless to clean, especially if it's something you've done a hundred times or like my laundry or like putting away the dishes in the dishwasher. Like if you can get in another piece of the wellness pie at the same time. Yeah. I feel like that's such a good
1: idea. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Em, I thought maybe we can round it out by sharing one of our goals that we have created for ourselves that we're still um, working towards. One of mine that I made at the beginning of this year, and it wasn't a New Year's resolution, it was just something that, you know, like, I guess the calendar reset, and I was like, okay, I have 12 months to do this, is I wanna read 100 books this year. And Mm -hmm. that's something that has been honestly pretty difficult for me because, you know, there's just seasons of life where I'm reading all day, every day. And then there's seasons where I don't read for a couple weeks at a time. So something that I've been trying to integrate is just reading every night or anytime I have downtime or maybe sometimes like when I'm just scrolling on my phone, if I'm at an appointment, for example, and I have 20 minutes before I have to go in, I'll bring my Kindle or my book with me so i can get that reading time in because that goal is something that aligns with my um values because i love reading and i love learning and i've always loved reading so i just really wanted to kind of like max it out this year and see how much i could do so i've been trying to make it enjoyable and then also I am telling you guys as kind of that accountability piece too. So other people know about it and then hopefully can check in at the end of the year and be like, Oh, Hey, how's it going?
0: Hmm. Hmm. I love that. Where are you at right now? Do you know? Um,
1: I think I'm at like 55. Let me look. I'm about halfway do?
0: in through. month. Yeah. In month, like eight of the year, you're halfway through. That's awesome.
1: Yeah so Um, I don't know we'll see hopefully I can get there if not I'm not gonna beat myself up too badly because you know shit happens and I feel like I'm reading more than I normally would anyways
0: but well and I that's such a good point Ashley because whether you do like if you do half the dishes and that's all you have time for, you still did half the dishes. So even if right. you read 75 books, Ashley, like that's still amazing. Cause you've read 75 books and you, you know, you enjoyed reading them or you gained knowledge if they're like, you know, not just like, you know, uh, fiction, uh, yeah. Fiction books. Like I think that's a really great way to end this episode is like, that's why you don't have to do a million things because, or do things to the hundred percent because even if you do like half of the things on your to-do list, you still did half the things on your to-do list. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like
1: that's a quick
0: side note. Exactly. Quick side note is to make your to-do list short and then add things on. But um, yeah, you still did half the things on there. Right. So like, and that's kind of what I'm saying about like the Sunday scary is that like I accomplish something, and again, if you don't have to accomplish anything to rest. Like absolutely no prerequisites for resting and recharging. But for me, I know that I feel better when I've done something to help my week or help my day, and then you know resting. Um, but one of my goals this year—it's really hard to have goals when you're getting married because that's so much of my focus is on get planning the wedding but i'm um, really hoping to be fully licensed i'm associate level licensed right now i'm really hoping to be fully licensed by the end of the year uh, so i'm working consistently to get my hours to get my supervision hours and then get the application ready to go because it's pretty intense uh, but that's probably my biggest goal for the end of 2022 uh, to get married and to um, get my full get my full non-supervised license
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And like you said, I think knowing that you have that goal at the end of the year, and then you can break it down towards smaller goals throughout the preceding months. So it's not, you know, too overwhelming, I think is awesome. And I know that you're, I know you're going to meet both those goals. I'm not even worried about it. I'm gonna be <laughs> them. So yeah, I think that was a fabulous way to end out the episode and, um, there's definitely more tips and tricks out there. Like, you know, take what resonates with you and leave whatever doesn't. Everybody's going to be different on what, you know, works for them in their personal life. And, that's something that I've noticed when I've been reading, you know, different books about like how to set goals is everybody's different. Something that a book I would suggest that is really good is atomic habits. And I know that's like a super popular book, but I would definitely recommend that for um, like, just taking different strategies of how to build habits. Yeah. I
0: actually haven't read that book, actually. So that might be something I look into, but thank you for that resource. And, um, I loved this episode. I love talking about things like this. So if it resonated with you, um, and you want to hear more, let us know. And also, as always, if it resonated with you, and you're like, I think I need more support around this, please reach out to uh. Professional, a licensed therapist, someone you trust to help you, an accountability partner, whatever you need, you don't have to do this alone. Um, And we will stay tuned for our episode on values, how to identify them, how to shift through the ones that work and don't work. Um, But we hope this was helpful. And if you're enjoying our podcast and you're not, um, if you haven't already, give it, get can't speak. We're at the end here and I'm like too tired to speak. If you haven't already rated our show, please do that or leave a review. It really helps us out. And we will be back in two weeks with more content. Um, I believe we have a guest for next episode. So that is exciting. We haven't had one in a while, but yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, love you, Ash.
1: Love you. we will talk to you soon.